Welcome to Your Aunties Could Never, episode 37. I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with Auntie Clara, Auntie Nana, and Auntie Shane. How are you doing, my ladies? How are you doing? Good. 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 Do you know, I'm I'm kind of feeling some type of way. I'm feeling a little bit done out here. <laughs> You're done out here. You're done. <laughs> I'm feeling done out here. Okay, guys, we'll explain what we talk about later. So, first of all, I just want to welcome to the family Kosha Newland. I don't know if any of you guys know Kosha Newland. He's an old school author. I say old school, but he's an old friend of mine. Um, I used to do his hair actually when I worked at hairdressers in Labrick Grove. And he wrote a book like The Scholar, and which was adapted for like a short limited series on BBC. He's a renowned playwright. He's had quite a few books actually out, but he's also one of the co-writers of the Small Axe series alongside um, Steve McQueen. And I'm just very, very proud of Korsha because we both come a long way from me doing his hair and him being an early budding writer back in the day to now he's writing one of the most um, critically acclaimed series that's come to UK TV. So I just wanted to big up Uncle Korsha Newland and welcome to the family. Hey, welcome. That's what happens when you're from West London, just saying. Uh, uh, okay, listen, <laughs> listen, you know what? You know what? You know what? Wait, 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 Guys, ignore that. I was not telling my darling auntie. <laughs> I meant to say she's done out here. Oh, God. I'm so ashamed wow. of myself. Anyway, jumping into the news, the headlines. Well, go on. Are you not going to explain? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. The reason why I'm playing this ridiculous clip is because two British rappers, Heady One. I know. Is he on way a rapper or a singer? He's a rapper. rapper. Yeah. Well, okay. Whatever yeah. they do. Heady One and Tion Wayne were seen on a plane having a... Uh, in my eyes, a fake scuff. Don't know what the story is, don't know what the beef is, but it's breaking news. They're having a fight on a plane. We're assuming either to or from Dubai, because everyone's in Dubai. If you're black and influential and that type of stuff and popular, everyone's gone to Dubai to have fun. But yes, these two supposedly friends are now beefing on a plane and they're having one of those fake fights when everyone's like, hold me back, hold me back. But really, if you really want to fight, you're just going to fight in it. You're not going to ask people to hold you back. But that's basically what's happening. They're just shouting at each other, saying things like, you know, to each other's mothers, and they are done out here. But we don't know, know they've done out here. We don't know <laughs> they've been done out here because I mean, they've been arrested, so they might be done out here. But I just like to implore <laughs> our young brothers that please, nothing. It cannot. I know the argument was nothing. I'm sure their beef is insignificant to be fighting on a plane in public. So that's what the clip is about. And no, I wasn't telling Auntie Farah to do horrible things. Auntie Chade, go to your new story, please. Okay, cool. So, um, talking of rappers, <laughs> my story is about British French rapper Octavian. Basically, he has been accused of domestic violence against his ex girlfriend, who shared some videos online stating that she's been abused by him, not just mentally, but physically too, like doing things like kicking her in her stomach. It's like really awful stuff. And basically, the fallout of this is that his tracks are not going to be played on Radio 1 and Wave 1 Extra anymore. He's been dropped from his record label and they're not releasing his album anymore. He was like the winner of BBC 
sound of 2019. So his album was like long away. It was supposed to drop this week. They're not dropping it anymore. He's going to drop like his publicity as well. Basically, Octavian's saying it's not true. There was no actual violence in the clip that went around. And also that he has like some songs about domestic violence situation. He has a song called My Head, which basically the lyrics are, been thinking about killing you, baby. That's one of the direct quote from one of the songs. But he says it's like fantasy, that sort of thing. It's just art, all that kind of stuff. And I just was thinking the fact that he's had like a media kind of blackout is that progress? Does that kind of represent progress? Or what we see in, is it guilty by public opinion? Sorry, I know that was a bit heavy. Sorry. No, it's <laughs> I saw the clips that his ex-girlfriend posted, and there's one clip where she's screaming, but you can't see his face. So that's probably why he's like, you can't see me do anything. However, the following clip is with her crying and saying, you did this to me. And he's like, yeah, I did. Because, is that not an admission? If someone's saying, you just hit me, you punched me in my face, you kicked me in my stomach, and your response to that is, yeah, I did, but because, is that not an admission? So I don't know what he's talking about. Some people are like, well, I would need to see actual evidence of him doing it, blah, 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 blah. But that's not how it always goes. If you admit to something, then you've admitted to it, right? I, he's like, you are filming me, that's how I know you're a snake or some stuff like that. You're trying to get me. You're not real. You're not loyal. Some shit like that. He's saying to her, basically, he did it. And I do think it's progress that they've nipped his shit in the bud and they've cut him off now. I do think it's progress because why should he be able to be influencing people, especially when you are saying things like the way that he's speaking to her and in the rap lyrics that you've just said, no, I don't need to hear that shit. And when he was on a, in an interview and they said to him, what was going through your mind? When you wrote that, he said, I was in the process of breaking up with my ex-girlfriend. She was in the studio with me and I wrote this. Black him out, man. Seriously, done, done, done. I know like people should say innocent before proven guilty and all of that stuff, but he admitted to it. If he didn't admit to it, then I would say it's hearsay. We don't know. We, let's see how it unfolds, if it goes to court, if it doesn't go to court, whatever, whatever, whatever. But he admitted to it. He's seen admitting to it. So black him out, man. You can't be punching girls in the face or whatever and thinking you'll get away. Non-violent to everybody, in it? Because equally, as a woman, doesn't mean that you could be punching your man in his face either and expecting him to do nothing. This is what needed to happen. They should drop him. If he can prove his innocence, then fine. But he can't. He admitted it. The only reason why he's having this blackout is because there was so much um, evidence that she put forward. If she had just said it, I don't think anything could have happened to him. Just the bravery of her to actually like document, you know, the pictures that she had as well, where there was various scars around her body. And you could see from her page the change that she had undergone while she was with him. And just all of the evidence that she put forward to being policed, showing text messages when she did go out from time to time, him actually being like, you can't go out with this person, you can't dress like that. All of the signs to show that this guy was just highly abusive mentally and physically were there. She had the evidence and she put it forward. And um, I guess, you know, it's all very recent. Whereas we see if you take Rodney P, for instance, a veteran rapper, nothing has really happened to him. And that's like three women so far coming forward and, and saying that he was abusive to them. He's also done time for abuse, but there doesn't seem to be any any justice in this case because there's no pictures 
there doesn't seem to be the media uptake on this. And again, it just feels like as women, we have to prove 10,000%. And you still have men, in terms of Octavian's case, still being like, I need to see more. You know, when you don't have any evidence other than people saying, this is what happened to me, nothing happens. What I would love is uh, for their, their own souls as well, is for one of these men to actually like just put their hands up and really apologise and try and have some um, redemption or for somebody's friends to actually come forward and literally be like, my brethren needs to do better, he needs to apologise. There needs to be the community really showing these men that you can't get away with this, like there's nowhere to hide, you have to, you have to apologise, you have to ask for forgiveness. It's not good enough to just be like, no, this didn't happen. His rebuttals are futile to me because it's like, then what did happen? I hadn't even heard of Octavian or maybe in the peripherals. I didn't even know who he was, how who he existed. Didn't know he was French British, didn't know anything about him until this. And that's also unfortunate that the first time that some people are going to hear about this young black man is for this heinous behavior. I also, in, especially with the Rodney P story, it's that thing of men not being held accountable by their peers. Cause I think, as we've said, women don't get listened to, they don't get believed, victim or not. We just never believed unless there's so much evidence as you guys have said and because of that there's this enabling thing and then this like brohood where i don't know i'm not too sure and got to know more but yet in the community everybody will know these stories i mean i'm picking my words because we don't know what the outcome will be because specifically the reason why we're bringing up Rodney people because just recently the woman the latest woman to accuse him of abusing her she spoke out in the summer and did a post on facebook that, and then it, that was kind of out there but they've never really dealt with and then she's come back again because an article's come out in a magazine that's now absolutely claiming that Rodney P has been accused of domestic violence against women and she's done another post following up you know say explaining herself even further but I've heard stories about this guy for many years and I mean I've interacted with him I'm not going to deny that but I've heard these stories and it's like what do you do in this moment when everyone's forgiving and just like oh well and I think that's what we do in the culture it's like you hear all these bad things about these people but it's okay let me ask a question is it hard to hold someone accountable if you if they're your friend and you haven't got the evidence is that what it is or is it because there's a sexism patriarchal kind of you know it doesn't i don't know i I don't know what what my question i don't know what my what i'm thinking but is it difficult i think that's one of the first things is it difficult to hold someone to account if they're your friend and you haven't seen the evidence is that what the problem is here what the ex-girlfriend put out was very damning definitely but i i think we toxic masculinity within our society is the norm that's why I think you get in the comments like people saying, oh, they want to see more evidence. And to be honest, I, I don't know where she's from, but usually when it comes to black women in particular, I don't think this woman is black, but black women is always like, why didn't she leave? It does seem to be much more pressure put on the black women to like, well, you should have known the situation. Why didn't you leave? It does happen to people as well, but I think there's less sympathy for black women. And they're just less believed, really and truly. I think when people have perceive power and people want to be close to that power it's just very difficult to hold them accountable you know if you like someone and they've done something bad people just don't want to believe it and that like and this isn't completely the same look at what happened with Chris Brown like we lived that right do you know what I mean and like okay he was young and there's all these excuses and everything like that but at the same time you've done a terrible thing the next day you're at Diddy's with Rihanna on a friggin' um, water skier 
living your best life. And it's just like, and those pictures went out in the press. What does that say? What did that say to young girls? What did that say to, to women in general? Is that this happens and then you just forgive and then you move on. It's normalizing that toxic behavior. I'm not surprised that if he was doing this over three years and people just did just ignored it. I'm just actually absolutely not surprised at all. Like even I think Semtex came out and he was like, you know, if I had known that he was doing this, I wouldn't have done the interview. But it's just like in the interview, he's talking about that track. What the hell? Like, how are you doing this interview and not saying like track's a bit crazy, bro? Do you know what I mean? Don't you need to talk to someone about that? That's not normal. How is the record label encouraging this piece of music to go out? Like there's accountability all around. It's not just friends, it's the people that you work with too and the people. So I think, yes, absolutely, stop his queen, but it should have come earlier, to be honest. It should have come much, much earlier. So I don't know if that actually answered your question, but those are my thoughts. I think, no, because it's hard, because it is about accountability for everybody and also because I think, when, especially we're talking about the music industry specifically, there is that, the bit, you know, the big bosses want to make their money, so they'll take, and we're, I'm speaking specifically about the black community, black music industry. It might happen in different ways in different, in different cultures, but specifically speaking about black, you've got a lot of young black, and we're talking about black boys as well, black rappers or whatever, coming from a situation that's not necessarily perfect at home, and then you get thrust into the limelight. You've got to do with fame, money, all that type of stuff, and accolades. And you, if you're broken or you've got issues, it's not dealt with because the record label don't care. Your manager, who's supposed to care, doesn't care. And then your fans and friends, as you said, want to be around for clout. They don't care because they just want to be close to power. I have been on both sides of the fence when it comes to Chris Brown because I remember when all that happened, I kind of thought we also, the, this um, trial by um, media and trial by the public, it also didn't help. At the time, a young black boy and a young black girl who got in a heinous situation but if we strip away the fact that actually what kind of help was Chris Brown getting at the time? Because he's come, he is actually, was actually a young boy who came from a domestic violent background. Mm -hmm. So what care was given to this young boy being thrust into the limelight? And I'm sure if him and Rihanna had this toxic relationship that both people's managers saw, because you, no matter what, we might not see what happens intricately, but the people that are around them, no, there's so much damage control. There's so much stuff we don't know about celebrities that's kept out of the media because their handlers are like, this shit can't get out. So there's, undoubtedly they, they were young then they weren't media trained back then they were so young there's definitely seeds and signs of their toxic relationship there had to be i can't believe that there wasn't so what was done behind the scenes to try and stop this thing from happening and then this young boy was cast into the rihanna we know she was a victimized she was beaten up and that was brutal and horrible and also alongside that this young black boy who come from a violent background did a horrible violent thing but then with racism and everything got crucified and dragged by the media which he was rightly so, but at the same time, I can understand why some people are like, well, how does this person rectify his behavior when the world has slammed you? Now, someone like Octavian, the world is now coming for you, taking everything, and it's because he's done something wrong, but also what is that, what do we, what person do we leave behind? Is it right to leave a person who's, yes, you get that, you get vilified, you get told off, you get all this type of stuff, but what if person is left behind? So I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering how we do this as well. How do we punish properly but also ensure, and I'm speaking about black people that we all care about, how do we ensure that then the victim gets their justification, but also the person, the perpetrator, gets the right help to become a better person in society? Or do we leave a damaged, broken person? The person has to apologise. 
for there mm -hmm. to be some type of forgiveness you can't have it with no accountability like the yeah. really the person has to stand up and be like yeah i've i've done this and i'm extremely sorry i feel like chris brown did apologize and he did admit it so his case was slightly different maybe that's exactly why he still has a career now and for Octavian, it's like, I think you, you need to seek counselling. Like, you have to put your hands up. Because even if you're saying this was a fight that we was having, we had fights, the text messages and how you were treating her was definitely manipulative, definitely gaslighting her constantly. Like, there's so many displays of manipulative behaviour that you do need counselling. And I don't believe in um, punishment without mercy. It doesn't solve anything when you just condemn people and leave them out in the cold. I think for a progressive society, there should be punishment with mercy. But the person has to admit guilt and then we can go on a on a mercy mission to actually like, you know, rehabilitate you. I think Chris Brown admitted his offence very quickly and took all the blame for that. If you cut back to what I was saying just a minute ago, like I don't believe that anyone should be violent. A woman should think that she, it's okay for her to slap up and beat up and punch up a man and not have anything happen. And I don't mean physically back. I just mean there should be some repercussions for whoever it is. As you said before, Chris Brown and Rihanna, they were in a very toxic relationship. They both came from domestic violence, family backgrounds of domestic violence. They weren't trained. They didn't know how to deal with any of that. And I doubt that they had any help as well. I doubt that they were offered any counselling beforehand. I think they were just both thrust into this environment and it made good financial sense for whoever it was around them, for them to be together. I feel like that is a different scenario to this Octavian scenario. There are countless messages where he's displaying classic manipulative domestic violence behaviour. Classic. So, And also he's not admitted to doing anything wrong. He's still today, despite the fact that he admitted it in these videos, saying, I haven't done anything wrong and people are just coming for me and the truth is going to come out and all of this sort of stuff. You can't help someone that isn't willing to help themselves. And I, I totally agree with you. You can't just say that person's done with forever. But I think until they've sought some sort of counselling and, and worked through it and actually have understood what they have done, you can't help that person. It's a very, very tricky situation. I understand what you said, Auntie Sade, about what is that showing people, you know, when someone's willing to forgive very quickly. It goes back to what we were saying a few weeks ago, though. Sometimes forgiving isn't necessarily about that person. It's more about yourself. So it could be an element of that as well for people that go through this, rather than them holding on to that hurt and it causing them pain, in the, more pain in the long run. They're willing to let that go. Maybe not forget what happened, but to forgive that person to a certain extent, wish them well on their way and hope that they get help on their own over there maybe that's what's going to happen with this girl but he he definitely needs some sort of counseling without a shadow of a doubt he's got to sit down and chat to someone because he's got some issues um before you come back to that auntie Shada, i was going to say i think it's more about the forgiveness of the public when the, and the peers and the like I, again i feel like the male compadres in the industry be like oh, i need to i need to know more that's the forgiveness that becomes problematic because it's like it's that old boys club or the boys club if, like man, like was it bros before hoes and all that type of crap where i don't think i've ever possibly seen a guy a rapper or anyone popular a popular artist or whatever come out and say yeah so and so is bad i'm gonna disassociate disconnect i haven't seen that happen and but they can do that when it's something like you see the um the young girl that was taken by the the guy in south mm -hmm. london then you've got all the because it's like it's disconnected from them it's someone that they don't know 
And then they'd be like, oh, that's dirty, that's nasty. But they're, they're not holding themselves accountable for what do they see in their areas when they see groupies and that kind of behavior on a tour bus and all that type of stuff. But it's easy to say, oh, that rapist over there is really bad. To the point you had guys turning up at a man's flat, like uh, we're doing road justice. Like I even thought, I thought that was so so dumb look in your own front yard look in your own crews and your own friendship groups and see what some of your guys are doing that leads to this where men think they can just take girls for, and women and take them take take them for granted and take liberties with them i agree with that i think it's a lot of people think that what happens in your relationship has got nothing to do with them i just think like i just hear that a lot kind of thing it's like it's not my business shouldn't get involved that's why i just think it's like it's a societal thing and it's historically a societal thing that toxic masculinity is actually the norm. That's why he's able to get away with things like this. And I just think, like, you know, I do um, 100%, like, of course, if you show remorse and or have the forgiveness and the apologies and all that kind of stuff, and you're actually working towards having a resolution there, then cool, do you know what I mean? But this guy is flat out denying it, do you know what I mean? He's, he's not taking accountability at all and I just think that's actually what Rodney P's doing as well isn't it exactly the same thing and the reason why people do that is because it works do you know what I mean it will just go away do you know what I mean or people won't believe her and it, it fuels this seed of doubt it's just very disappointing <laughs> I don't even know how to say it but it's just very disappointing it just um I think this is probably as well like some of the reasons why people don't speak out, do you know what I mean? Because people won't believe them or who are they speaking out to? If you're speaking out to people who've seen you go through this, you've already condoned this behaviour, you've already condoned it. So who who can they turn to? But at the same time, you know, there are kind of like cases where people go through the stuff, like look at Johnny Depp and um, his situation. Wild, <laughs> wild. She was held as the victim of abuse. And then when it comes out, it's like, well, the view seems to be going both ways. It's until you have all the facts and all the unbiased facts, which I don't even know is actually possible, it's very difficult for some people in this day and age, really and truly, to come to a conclusion. So I am a little bit, I do think that the actions taken are correct, but I'm a little bit surprised. I would wonder over time, if we see more of this, who does it apply to? Are we just seeing this pattern of response apply to black artists or black males? Let's see. They're the ones that kind of get the, the social media buzz, it seems. You're absolutely right, because one of the things I always go back to is, is Charlie Sheen. Mm. Now, Charlie Sheen is a notorious woman beater. When he was engaged to Kelly Preston, he shot her in the foot. Shot her in the foot. Nobody talks about this. This man is allowed to come and go as he pleases. People find him funny. He's done this, that and the other. But let that be a black man, then you've got a problem. Tommy Lee, who was married to Pamela Anderson, beat her up. No one ever talks about any of that stuff. But let it be a black man and it never gets forgotten, which is why Chris Brown is still going through shit today. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to, to a certain mm. extent. However, he's held his hands up where the other people I've mentioned have not. And the other people I've mentioned did not have the fact that they were teenage boys. They were grown-ass men when they did this shit, getting paid a lot of money, getting a lot of respect, getting every single door in the world open to them. They still do. And they have not admitted to anything. So you're absolutely right. The media has a lot to answer for when it comes to shit like that. Eminem's got some yeah. song where he talks about doing certain things. The Kim where you're like, boy, that's not right. 
No one talks about that. That's why I thought with, with um, Chris Brown that there was an extra level of racism. When I saw some of the headlines and it felt it was very difficult as a woman to talk about that side of thing because it was about look domestic violence situation and you don't want to sound like you're being apolog an apologist for Chris Brown. But there was an extra level of racism on top of the vilifying because all the mainstream platforms were like holding him up in such a way that you don't, don't do that. Like, as you said, Auntie Farah, about any of the others that have known shooting someone in the foot. And again, you can't compare the violence because it doesn't, it, the psychological scars are different for every situation. So I'm not even trying to do that. However, that's, that's the evidence as it stands. And it's interesting with this Octavian situation because another thing to look at is the way that these guys are caught out by social media because there is this thing now that we will document it and release the information. And I think for victims who are not heard, this is definitely a perfect way. But then for opportunists looking to exploit something, there's also some gray area around there about how this could be. And especially, and again, stepping carefully, especially there is this problem with the black rapist, violent guy with usually the innocent white, because mostly black women aren't believed, victim, vulnerable person. So there's quite, I don't know if there's anything there as well about a quick buck making and stuff like that, but I'm not, it, this is not necessarily with Octavian, but it's just in general. There's some stuff around that as well. Um, Zell says, this guy needs counselling, the re repercussions are just. Akoya says, uh, thank you, Auntie Shirley. How did the record company let that line and other women hating lines and songs go through. Black rappers know that the worse you talk about women, the more the record company likes you. It's about what society says is acceptable and right behavior for black men who want to be famous. No one wants to give a record deal to a righteous black man. What he did was wrong, but I don't like this cancel culture either. And goes on to say, it makes me very uncomfortable that you can lose your livelihood without going to court true <laughs> is a dangerous road we're going down and Antoinette says hello auntie sir I'm late can you, <laughs> can you believe someone dared to book a meeting that I had to attend thank you for joining us Antoinette <laughs> Aunt, um, Antoinette I would personally go to HR myself I would go to HR <laughs> um okay well we'll see what happens moving on to the next let's say the next episode but it's not the next episode it's the next topic Okay, so sticking with internet news, it's been reported, and I've watched a video from the Latina agency based in London. There's a conversation with a black girl who it seems to be that maybe this black girl has an agency as well. That was the conflict that they're having, and their target market seems to be the Latinx look. I think is what they're both trying to market for models. And within this conversation that they're having, there's a voice note where there's a guy laughing, saying, you look like you're from Ghana or Freetown, Sierra Leone, like as a diss. So it's all blown up that this is racist or, or colorist. Just what are your thoughts on the relationship between the Latinx community and the black community? And do you think such situations like this are racist or just two rivals having a go at each other okay so i i saw this and i, I listened to the voice notes and then also the what the woman i think you owns like next or whatever latin was it latinas uk was Latina, yeah latinas uk i listened to her her explanation of the phrase that she used which was uh, i can't remember exactly negra freya or something which yeah. i think basically translate into ugly black 
And then she tried to say that if you're from the Latinx community, that this is not racist and it's not a diss. It's just, she's basically, I'm paraphrasing, but she kind of was giving the impression it's a term of endearment, yeah, which was nonsense because <laughs> you weren't trying to <laughs> flatter this girl. <laughs> that was not the tone of what you were saying. It really wasn't. Like you was trying to come at her. And maybe you had a right to do that. I don't know. But she took it to a racial place and it just didn't have to be there. The guy took it to a racial place. Didn't have to be there at all. There's a difference between like having a conversation or even an argument and saying, you know what, you're plagiarizing me, you're copying me, you're stepping on my territory kind of thing. If race is not a factor, why are you bringing race into it? Referencing saying someone looks like they're from Ghana, like, so? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, why is that a bad thing? But what I do know, and obviously I'm not from that community, I don't actually know many people from that community, but what I do know from the work I do with um, Natural Star Story is that there is a huge Afro-Latina community. And what it seems like, there's like a resurgence there in terms of having pride in dark skin and Afro hair and all that kind of stuff. And it's because there's so much racism within their, and there's so much colorism within their community. So they feel that they have to do this to empower themselves because they're kind of pushing aside. If you look at, even just like countries like Brazil, largest population of black people in the world, do you know what I mean? Outside Africa. You wouldn't think that looking at Brazilian TV <laughs> at all kind of thing. So like colorism is an issue everywhere. I think in this case, she was blatantly being racist. There's no two ways about it. It's like, are you okay? Like, do you think people can't use Translate Google or something? Like, it's not, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, nah, she tried to pull the wool over people's eyes and it's just, nah, the, their company should be fine. To be honest, you can't operate a company in the UK and have racist practices, as simple as that. <laughs> it's like when you're having an argument with someone, let's say someone on the street, and they say, you black bitch. Why did you have to say black bitch? If you want to call me a bitch because I took your parking space, then cool, win it. But you're going to call me a black bitch. That's racist. You're throwing a, you're throwing a term in there, a description term, so you're saying it. But what, it's, got no, it's got no need to be in there. So her apology means dirt to me. It means nothing. She should have just said, I, I'm wrong. Shouldn't have said it. Sorry, didn't mean it. And I don't understand this thing of you look like you're from Ghana. So what? Like you said, so so what? What is that? Is that supposed to be a diss? Like people from Ghana are beautiful. I don't know what you're talking about. Apart from you, Auntie AK. Auntie Nana, you're beautiful. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, I don't understand why. She, like she should just be quiet. Just put out an apology saying, sorry. And that's it. Like, keep it moving. Yeah. Didn't um, Brazil just have their first black woman on the cover recently? Like, single cover or something like that. There's a black pregnant Brazilian model and she's on the oh. cover of Vogue. And I, th yeah. I, I saw it. I think it's like the first person. So it's just like, yeah. that's yeah, long overdue that. as well. Like you said, they've got a very, very high population of black people over there. And it's not seen. You're always seen like, um, what's her name? The one that's married to, you always see Giselle and those types of people. You hardly mm -hmm. see like people of color, so it's just interesting. It's, it's I, I don't really know too many Latin people, so I can't even comment on that community. But <laughs> yeah, she just needs to check herself. Just say you you stolen my idea, and that's it. You don't have to bring color into it. That's where you went wrong. That's where you're losing all respect. I looked at their page, and it's, and it's, it's perpetuating the stereotype that we've all talked about that. Latin, Latinas are only one way, that exotic look. But then also there's a demand for it because it's a smart business move because you know that you're going to be 
making a lot of money because people are so fickle and superficial and believe that that exotic look is the one and she knows them they know the audience that they're catering to as well and that's the part that just makes it so sad but yeah it's just nonsense and i think there's that there was a famous um amara negra the brazil afro latina woman who's a reality star and stuff like that she spoke about her situation being called out and criticized and you know having to work extra hard to show off the fact there are dark-skinned afro-haired latinas in the world if two companies rival yeah exactly i think it's everyone has said you don't need to bring race into it immediately and i think the apology was so dead as well so such a whack apology it's on this on one of the internet internet sites and social media sites and she's like you know i didn't mean to say like first of all she said i didn't say it wasn't racist but it's not something i stand by but yet i shouldn't have said what i said it's like you haven't even prepared your statement properly you just literally <laughs> admitted that it, you weren't being racist but you were because you said it it's just a crap apology i'd rather not just don't get fine shut up go away but you know they're still and again it's this accountability it's still going to make money they're still going to get their girls booked and that's just the nature of society. I hadn't really thought about that finding angle. I, I really like the idea of mm. maybe like putting in some complaint. I may do that in my spare time. But I also, I was kind of surprised about the idea because I didn't really think that there was like a huge Latin community to, to market, to even find enough girls. Like I was really like perplexed, like, well, are you just going to have like racially ambiguous girls? Like really, are they just basically mixed and maybe like lighter skinned Portuguese? I, I, I was looking at the business just like this is quite an interesting dynamic to bring to the UK because generally we don't have that over here. Like we don't, it's not positioned in that way. So yeah, I, I felt more uncomfortable with that division. Like, it just made me think, like, why are you bringing this American shit over here? Like, we don't already have enough shit going on where now you're going to throw in Latinx. And yeah, it just, I was more focused on that as a, like, oh, okay, so now there's even more hateration to go around. A fine is interesting. I, I may put in a letter. So I may come back to this. <laughs> um, what, week. what do you think? Sorry, I was just going to say, like, I remember, um, and it still now kind of irks me slightly. You know, like, when you've got rappers like Fat Joe saying the N-word, you're not black. Yeah. You're Latin, right? Like, you're, you're, it, it, it kind of irks me a little bit, but yeah. then it, it gets passed over very quickly. I, I was just going to say that I, I watched, um, I can't remember what it was, but I watched something and, and Fat Joe talking about that, how he dealt with that. His thing was that it's just where he's from, mm. that's just the norm where he's from. And that's what they say. So I think with Americans, it's their prerogative because that comes from their culture. With UK people, it actually isn't our culture. Yeah. I mean, we've we taken it from them. Do you know what I mean? So that's why it just irks me a bit more if I hear it here. But like Americans, even just in New York, like how they've mixed, how they've grown up. Do you know what I mean? The history of all, all of it. I don't know. It's like, who are you to tell them what they experienced? Do you know what I mean? Who are you to tell them like how the streets were run? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Again, like, you know. In all honesty, I think it bothered me more when J-Lo said it than it does when Fat Joe says it. <laughs> well, Jenny's trying to be saying that she, she literally put out a song that she's from the block. If you're from the block, you don't literally need to say it. You don't need to say it. Remember recently, J-Lo has actually, she's got that line, I'm a black girl from round the way. Like when you translate it, the words that she's using is like black female. That's <laughs> that's how you would describe people. So, if, you know what? It's those lines 
that and I, I agree with you, Auntie Sade, but I don't like it. Mm, okay. I don't <laughs> like it when I hear a, a Latino or a Latina say nigger. I don't like it. Yeah. It just doesn't fit well with me because yeah. of the colorism as well. And there's no denying that they still face racism, but it's not in the same way. I don't like it when black people say it, to be fair, actually. I wish the word would like die, but you know, it's out there in American culture, but I definitely don't like it when British people say it, black or white, or it, it doesn't need to be over here in the same yeah. way as America. Exactly. Um, I guess to, to, just to, to your point about Latino cultures, it's Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, Colombia. There's so many places, Brazil, Argentina. So we do have a community, but it's just never been highlighted over here in the way it is in America. And I think it's, it's just this copycat culture that we're doing. Like, okay, because that's what these people saw. Like, ah, oh, if they're the first and get as many as they can, they, they'll capitalize on something. And they know, like I said, the fickleness of the cult of people that, yeah, I'm going to get a bunch of Latina girls. And there probably will be some ambiguous girls in there that not can't really trace their roots back to any kind of Latin land. But, hey, I look the parts, let's go. But yeah, and also the same about the N-word and everything else. I don't know if I'm totally mad at it. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Because if that's if you're from the Latin cult, um, I don't even know Latinx. <laughs> Sorry, hope I'm using the right terms in the right way. Sorry if I'm not. But like, if you're if if you're Latinx and you can see that there is a demand for that aesthetic, I'm gonna want to start the business from my community because it's my community. Otherwise, it's just getting exploited by other people. So I don't know. Do you know what it is? It comes the element of side eye comes just because you know what because i'm immediately going to like yeah all the rappers are going to be like yeah let's go to this agency and if yeah, I'm, why shouldn't why shouldn't they because no, there's been agencies before that have been sorry to cut you but like that are not run by that community that are just providing those types of models and those communities do exist i mean they do exist in london but no. they just wouldn't be the demand do you know what i mean like there's nothing wrong with it mm. and like, exactly if you're from the community and you want to do your business absolutely do it my side eye is a personal kind of like, well, because they're going to be, all the videos are going to be filled with those girls and the representation is not going to go any further and it's continuing the stereotype. Yeah. But them wanting to do their business, that's entirely, absolutely do that. I mean, how many black women or black men have tried <laughs> a black agency for black models? It, it's fine. But the only thing also on top of that comes with the fact that if you look at their page, again, everything we're talking about, this stereotype that there's no such thing as a dark skinned Latina person or Latina model is perpetuated on their page. And maybe yeah. they don't know any, maybe they don't, let's go with this, a small community in the UK and they don't know any darker skinned or <laughs> Afro Latina black models. Maybe that's what we can give them for a minute, but if they're actually going on to actually include to say, you look like from Ghana from Sierra Leone, where an Afro Latina model could look like they're from Ghana from Sierra Leone, if we're talking about aesthetics, then we know that then this is. I had a modeling agency when I first started, you know what I mean? So like, if you're gonna play in that game, where actually you literally are selling fetishization. That's why I got out of it because I was just like, I didn't feel personally I was helping the cause. Do you know what I mean? Me providing models for music videos, you're still perpetuating the same nonsense. So that's why I got out of it. It's what all the agencies do in that kind of like, I don't know if they just serve music videos, but in that cold music video world, you generally get the majority are going to be ambiguous and like, and when we were trying to do, we were trying to do something different, but it was very difficult to get the demand for that. Same, and I also had the same experience working on a magazine, editing a men's magazine, and it was that as well. The, we tried to represent dark-skinned, or not even just dark-skinned, but black models of all shades from from a adult industry perspective. 
But then again, you soon, and it is that, you start to realise that you're perpetuating and being part of something that's not really helping the community. But that's, again, their mindset's not going to be there, nowhere near there, because I think the woman herself is Latina, the stereotype visuals of a Latina, so it's not even, her head's not even there. Yeah. So even if, like, her page was representative, it might be a bit better. Like, what she should do, potentially, maybe feature some Afro-Latina models on there, and then that will squash everything and continue making money. Or just not do it. Or just yeah. not do it. <laughs> That's it. Monica quickly just says, hello, aunties, absolutely love the head wraps. <laughs> and Akoya says, thank you, Auntie Farah, because I don't like some people saying nigger. I had to admit it's because I'm not comfortable with anyone saying it full stop. Same. Okay, so my story, it's not like a breaking news story or anything like that. It's just, I've just noticed that OnlyFans is, I mean, not just noticed, it's been really popular, this platform. And if you don't know, it's it started off as basically celebrities getting, you know, getting their fans to sign up and see only exclusive images of them. And it's just opened up the world of the adult porn and, and titillation industry, where people are now using the OnlyFans accounts to do saucy behaviour and get paid for it. And there are lots of well, there's starting to be some breakout millionaires and successful people making OnlyFans accounts. So there was one girl called, a British girl called Megan Barton Hansen, and it's revealed that she, she's she been able to buy a three-bedroom home in London because she earns about 800K a month on OnlyFans. And um, I guess she just takes sexy pictures. But also it's led to a lot of celebrities making money from OnlyFans. And um, here's some people that have made, and this is how much they're making, so like Black China, she's made 15 million apparently. I don't know how far this is true. Bella Thorne has made 9 million. Cardi B, 7 million. Tiger, 5 million. Mia Khalifa, I don't know who she is, but 4 million. Erica Mina, 3 million. Pia Mia, 1 million. And Sarafe, 1 million actually. So my thought was, I went straight auntie and thought, because I've had joking conversations about flaunting my parts on, on OnlyFans, but it's all in jest. However, there's this, kind of temptation and lack and this thing that you can make millions on OnlyFans. And I, part of me, I was talking to my daughter about it, I said, are there, any, are there any black influencers that have gone on to OnlyFans? She says, not, I think there's a few, but not, no one's taking it seriously because okay, we have a different culture over here. And also she said, but there are lots of young girls in her peer groups and stuff that she knows are like, yeah, I'm going to do an OnlyFans and are doing OnlyFans thinking they're going to make quick buck. So that's where my auntie Jean kicked in. I was like, is this another quick fix thing that's going to again detrimental to our young girls thinking that actually you know what you can do you can go and put your body parts on OnlyFans and make money but and this is is this another one of those false hope false get rich quick schemes but then with uh, ultimate ultimately more um, negative reper repercussions or is it just one of the many things you know like making a sex tape back in the 90s was the one to get famous now it's an OnlyFans account just just talking or if any of you have an OnlyFans account <laughs> I, I don't have an OnlyFans account. I do joke about, like, if I fell on hard times, I'm going to get an OnlyFans account. But I would only put my feet on the OnlyFans account <laughs> or my hands. Like, so you're never going to know. So I could be on OnlyFans, like, unless you're like, going and searching. I don't know. You know what? The world is changing. And I think, you know, that whole thing of sex selling but there's other things that you can put on only fans as well people do subscribe to your channel for content so it's not just sex and scantily clad pictures but some of the the instagram models they literally are always in a bikini 
they're always showing a bit of flesh. So if you just take that and put it on OnlyFans and then you have people subscribing to you for five pounds a month and you're making good money, it's like, well, better that than you just creating traffic for Instagram and you're not getting paid for it. I kind of think if your mind's in the right way and you're marketing yourself properly, I have nothing against it really. Like literally, it's 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 different. It's not like they're Sainsbury's jobs like they used to be. Like it's it's just not the same. You're not working in JD. It's a different world. You don't even get like um, you know, like in college you could do market research or you could work in a call center. None of that is over here. So I understand for young people where you may just be like, I, I still need money though. Everything's more expensive. OnlyFans provides an opportunity. And I guess in time, there'll be other models other than OnlyFans where people will be displaying their life and getting paid for showing it. I'm not mad at it at all. I think like Auntie Nana said, influencers, they're driving a lot of traffic. Arguably, to be honest, if black people are not on these platforms, then they don't grow. Do you know what I mean? So looking at it from that black angle, people want to go and make money. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, go for it. I've got no issue with it at all. Like you said, I think people in their right minds. I don't really have an alternative opinion, to be honest. I think, yeah, just do it. Like, I tried to set up a consortium of black women's feet. Because <laughs> basically, my theory was this year, if I get content for multiple people, then I have the biggest collection of black women's feet on OnlyFans. But I tried to set up, but they didn't believe me because you have to show your ID. And they thought I was a minor, pretending to be older than I was. <laughs> So yeah, I couldn't say out. <laughs> we shall revisit the business plan. Yeah, yeah, let's revisit this. Not mad at it at all. Like you, Auntie Nanny, I thought about, boy, maybe I could show my hands or my feet or my, <laughs> this part of my arm, you know. Like, there's people who've got all types of fetishes out there. There's an English student who made 30,000 a month. She's 23 years old and she made 30,000 pounds a month. I mean, she was showing nakedness, but still. If you look at the top earners, right? Black China, Bella Thorne, Cardi B, Tiger, and Mia Khalifa, like you said, okay? Now, Cardi B charges £3.93, and she is earning, like, an on average, £7.1 a month. Black China charges 40 a month, and she's earning 15 mil a month, they've said. Now, the thing is, Cardi B came out and said that, don't be signing up to her OnlyFans if you think she's going to be showing titties and tata. She's not doing it. It's literally, she's showing her fans content. She's sharing things with them before she puts it out to the world. That's what her OnlyFans is about. Tiger, he's doing a bit of both. He <laughs> he showed himself quite recently on his OnlyFans page. I think Black China, his ex shows bits of herself, which is why she's making so much money. But at least it's going to them and it's not going to these other people, I suppose. Because half of these people were doing that shit anyway. Black China was showing her bits and pieces anyway. So mm -hmm. it's like, well, at least she's making some dough from it now. Most interestingly, Chris Brown has <laughs> said that he's going to start an OnlyFans. And he was showing all the comments from his fans and videos where they were like, you need to tell us now if you're just going to be doing art and graffiti. Because if uh you are, you're not getting my $20. I need to know <laughs> if you're just going to be dancing around and spraying things. <laughs> and you're not getting my twenty dollars. But if you're gonna be showing the D, then I'm gonna sign up today. I'm just saying, people are mad. People are mad. I personally am not mad at OnlyFans. I wish I could do it myself to make some money. Maybe even if it was just for like one month, maybe. Guys, so your 
younger woman in your family comes and says, auntie, 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 look, 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 I've got an OnlyFans account. Depends what she's doing. Okay. Like, yeah. My younger, younger, youngest have Instagram accounts. Some of my youngest who have Instagram accounts, I look at it with a side eye and I know that I can't comment because they'll block me. So I'd rather see what they're getting up to so that at a later date I can cuss them about it. But I try not to comment on their page or anything like that. It depends what they're doing. They're showing bits. They would know better than to come and tell me anything about that because I'll knock them out. <laughs> I think it really depends what they're doing and definitely how old they are, how mentally old they are as well. Do you know what I mean? It is a very viable way to make money. Do you know what I mean? Especially in lockdown. Oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously. So I'm just not mad at it at all. The, the thing is, it's just like how far does it go? What protections are there for vulnerable people, etc., and all that kind of stuff and for people, you know, people who can get easily exploited and that sort of thing. So maybe there needs to be more education pieces around that. Do you know what I mean? But I do think it's changing the way that jobs are and everything and how we make money is definitely changing. It has to change. I mean, I'm not against it. I was just I'm being an auntie. But the only thing I, I just, the little slither, and it's something that you can never avoid, is the fact that maybe some girls think like this is the way. And like, as you said, if there's not enough information that it's not actually just doing the sexy parts. It's also, there's other stuff that you can curate content and actually it doesn't all have to be explicit or X-rated. But there's going to be an element of maybe young girls thinking that, okay, what I need to do is skin out on this thing and it'll be okay, but without the protections in place and things like that. Mm. So that's the only part that I thought, because I feel like it's that, yeah, let's all do an OnlyFans and just not being prepared for what could come out of that. And again, we're talking about all this culture and rape culture and all that type of stuff. What could happen? What are the security measures in place? And is there a little bit of misinformation and false glamorizing of it because people are making millions, but actually the reality is you might not make a pound. Can you record it? If you were watching the OnlyFans, I've never signed up to anyone's only fans can you actually record it i would hope that they're i think you can because that's yeah. why people have been able to see tiger's yeah. footage oh, yeah. because you can people the screen record as well don't they yeah. so you, yeah. anything can get out there with the chris brown thing i'll just wait for it to go in <laughs> that's the thing of leakage and stuff like that because there are there have been leaks and it's like leaked and connected to pornhub i think there was a conversation about how you know, Pornhub's responsibilities to the things that get leaked from supposed to be like private OnlyFans accounts or stuff like that. Pornhub is actually problematic though. There's so many not just to report but like it's just footage that's up there that shouldn't be there and absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's crazy. But that's another conversation for another day. It is. There's a new platform that's coming out. It's called Fanbase. And Fanbase's model is basically like OnlyFans. So you're Put your content out there you can have subscribers and followers so your subscribers are the ones that are paying it's kind of like patreon but the set out is very similar to instagram so again there'll be different people bringing in different models and it definitely doesn't have anything to do with um adult material it literally is for content creators so that you make money i'm sure instagram will probably change soon you know that monetizing pages in different ways so that it's not just advertising money that you're getting in like actually because you're posting and engagement you may start making money like youtube yeah. who knows we're, we're in a different space at this moment i think you have to do that because people are spending so much time online mm. you have to monetize it to keep people interested i'm sure if what's one of the early ones myspace brought in more monetization they may still be around me says mia khalifa is an ex Oh, porn star. So I've been told her OnlyFans is clever as she states that states that it's safer work 
people don't read. So go and sign up and when and then start messaging her, asking her where the X-rated stuff is. I assume they'll hang around hoping things will change. Ah, so she teases them with yeah. like, oh, safe for work. And really it's just her probably gardening or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. The thing is, I think it's just a stigma as well, because I feel like we've all said we do only fans, but just doing a part. But what, <laughs> yeah. in your face, in your chest, I'm going to do anti AK only fans. I said to my daughter this morning, I'm going to do an only fan. The face literally dropped and hit the floor. She said, Mum, no, you're not. <laughs> when we're living in a mansion, is she going to complain? <laughs> you, know, you know, like Snapchat when it first came out, remember that was all about like sexting. These channels always start like based on sex. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then they kind of branch out and it's like other businesses are born or method processes and stuff. Exactly. Okay, final story. So my story is about Marcus Rafford uh, versus the Daily Mail. So the Daily Mail published an article a couple of days ago where they were basically kind of mocking Marcus Rashford and saying that, you know, he's a campaigner for feeding school children, but yet for all, look at him, he's gone out and he's splashed. What do they say? I need to find the correct word. He splurged two million on houses for his family. Oh, how dare he buy houses for his family and invest in his family's future? So basically, Marcus Shaffer came out and he said, OK, so let's address this. I'm 23. I came from little. I need to protect not just my future, but my family's too. To do that, I've made a decision at the beginning of 2020 to start investing in more property. Please don't run stories like this alongside of references to campaigning. So he's been backed by a lot of politicians, a lot of football players, a lot of you know celebrities out there in the press who basically said, you don't need to justify yourself to the Daily Fail. Look at how they represent black people who do well versus how they do white people that do well. Someone put a side by side of a lot of white footballers who'd gone out and bought properties and been praised and said, oh, isn't it wonderful? He's helping out his mum. And then, you know, David Beckham as well, splashing out on all these properties and they're like, oh, isn't it wonderful? Look what David Beckham's able to do. I was just wondering if you guys had seen the article and what your thoughts are on the latest daily fail topic. I hadn't seen the article because I, then I start to tune out because there's so much stuff that happens. It's like, pick one. I don't even have anything redeeming to say because this is what they do. We've they constantly we've mentioned what's the other one, Raheem Sterling getting criticized. It's like anything that black foot, especially footballers in this perspective, they just get demonized for doing anything, for spending their money. And they they're really treated like they're these like wild estate kids that have got money and they don't know what to do with it. But yet there's a bunch of the work you're talking about working class white boys that got rich on the football pitch. They do madness too, go and buy their Burberry and their gold chains. What the hell? No one highlights that and goes on about that you know, wild parties and all that type of stuff. So just because we were going to talk about it, is they recently released the um, human rights report about black people, racism and their human rights. And the report basically it just determines and cements the fact that the UK is institutionally racist from our media to the government, to the society is racist. And, and this is the fallout when you've got black boys doing wonderful things at this point, not being a stereotypical Jack the lad, but yet even that you find a way to blame him <laughs> and tell him that he shouldn't spend his money on feeding his family, on looking after his family. Like, who? How? It's nonsense. I was kind of expecting the tide to change as soon as Boris got on board. Because remember before when he was putting his own money in, he was being praised back and forth. Like, literally all of the press was heralding him as, like, some type of saviour. It just seems like as soon as Black people seem to get any type of influence, then 
the media will switch on them, I guess, to kind of stop anybody else getting any ideas that you can start affecting policy and change in this country. So I was expecting once Boris kind of got on board with, with Marcus's proposals for free school meals that actually the media is probably going to start vilifying him. They'll go back to the standard modus operandi and he'll be some kind of like thug before we know it. But I'm glad he addressed it. But also, I hope he doesn't like keep on addressing the press because this is what they like as well. They want to know that they're getting at you. And really, he should have just left it. And then you let people that say that they're your allies and supporters, they defend it for you and you just keep it moving. But not surprised. The Daily Mail will always do this. Like They, they will never have a black hero for long. They'll always try and put you down in some way. I don't think he should have addressed it either, to be honest. I get why he felt the need to address it, but I just know that's just opening the floodgates now. Because now he's addressed it, they're just going to come at him in different ways. And this is going to keep happening. I think you, you called it a couple of weeks ago, Auntie Nana. You said, let him do something that isn't seen as, you know, for the people or for himself. They're going to come for him. And that's exactly what they're doing. I did like the fact that you did have people like Gary Lineker coming out and saying, here they go. This is what they do. It starts off subtle and then it just begins and they keep coming for you, keep coming for you. I just don't know why these papers are allowed to still print because it's just lies. I'm bringing it back to this Black People Racism and Human Rights report that was asking black people how we feel in society and, like I said, confirming what we will always say. But then how do we move forward? We can't change the media. We can't, I, I don't know, maybe I'm answering it myself. We can't really change things, but I don't know if you guys know about the report. What should we do going forward? Because Well, the report said, the opening summary of the report was that they're not going to try to rehash or regurgitate things that they know already, like that Britain is institutionally racist. What it said is that they're going to try and address the things that they've said should be the solutions and work out why these things haven't been done yet. That's what the report said. So that's what they need to focus on. You know, this is in the House of Commons and the House of Lords. These people came together and they, they decided that they're going to do this at the bequest of Boris, apparently. But it's interesting to see the people that were involved in the report because the, none of them were black. But yeah. the language that they use is like, okay, we recognize that this shit is wrong and we can see it and it's disgusting what's happened. But let's not talk about why this has happened. Let's not talk about how we got here or the language that's used. Let's talk about ways that we can use to resolve the situation that we're in. So I haven't finished reading the report, but what I've read so far, I found very, very interesting. And I did appreciate the fact that they're not just trying to say, is Britain racist? They're saying, yeah, Britain's racist. What can we do? I think the major thing that I got from the report was really the lack of solutions through all of the last reports that had been done. Yeah. So actually, like a big chunk that I was focusing on was like the mortality rate with black women having children mm. and that actually like the midwifery council has accepted this is a problem but there was no solution so you're saying yeah black women are five times more likely to die than white women but there was no and we are going to do this to remedy it you're mm -hmm. just stating this and it was like that throughout everything so pretty much the same with policing it was like you're saying we have this problem and we have this diversity training but nothing has improved and then there's no follow-on so now we need to try this mm. really I no think time limits either yeah there's no yeah no time limits and there's no laws i think there needs to be a law definitely with the media 
like that actually this can't go on like uh, there needs to be a prosecution when you keep on running these types of stories you are affecting a black man's humanity and so then you are going against the law like literally we have to have rights it shouldn't be okay that you do this or that we accept this media bias and this racism that is just openly spewed out like actually if you are going to do anything then laws need to come into place that people are prosecuted when they break the law but then also i think there wasn't any talk on economics like how do we address this wealth gap a simple solution would be that black people don't pay tax i think it's very simple if big business don't pay tax because you're like they do so much they they employ so many people so we feel that they shouldn't pay tax because actually they are helping the economy the economy by having so many employers well black people have built the west with such small numbers actually like relatively it's like what are we here two percent or something i'm not it's mad at that two percent really it's probably only going to be like one percent of people are yeah. adult age and then you make them tax exempt it's like actually a small but it would make such a difference to the standard family if you weren't paying tax i'm not mad at that let's, let's think about it in a world right uh, <laughs> us black people we find it very difficult generation to generation because there is no generational wealth so we're always chasing our tails we're trying to improve things but it's very very hard we're all talking about reparations and stuff like that and cancelling the debt and things like that cancel my tax i will happily pay road tax don't tax my wages in it if you didn't tax my wages oh my god i'd be in such another different place it'd be amazing <laughs> nana prime minister <laughs> i mean that would be amazing but you know how many people would be black <laughs> The <laughs> <laughs> uh, numbers will suddenly go up, mate. All the rates of dollars are coming and then up. You have to get there, is, granddaddy, is, granddaddy. Definition <laughs> of what it means to be black. Isn't it? <laughs> I've grown up around them. I yeah. identify. What Latina agency have bare Afro Latinas on their account? <laughs> <laughs> I read the summary, but I just thought this is just more of the same. This is just just a waste of time. I actually thought my thoughts were, who got paid to do this? Who got paid to hide some funds so they've done this, basically? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> maybe, maybe just reuse some bits. Who knows? Who even knows? Because they weren't really serious. It just seemed like such a waste of time and just not having a strategy or a productive plan at all. I didn't even know it was, it was happening. I think I saw it on Kalechi's Twitter feed or something. It was kind of like released at 1am. So yeah. what the hell? This is like under the radar or something. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't know. This, this ugh. Being a black person in the UK is exhausting, guys. That's, that's all. Yeah. It's absolutely exhausting. We'll see if they do anything. I doubt it. We'll see. I mean, just to say, I love the tax idea, but you know, you've got people that complained about a Sainsbury's advert saying they don't <laughs> represent it. They're going to boycott Sainsbury's because they had the black advert. If you guys have seen it, it's just, it's something called gravy or something like that. It's a black family. And the irony, the thing about racist people is that you don't understand, you don't, the irony of what you're saying in the moment when what we've been saying for years, I don't, see, don't feel represented, we're not, we're ignored. And white people are saying this, not feeling, any type of stupidity in what they're saying. Oh, this doesn't represent me, so I'm going to boycott Sainsbury's. Thanks, woke Sainsbury's. Oh, there's so many horrible comments on a Sainsbury's advert. But this is what we're dealing with here. And then you do a report. I just wanted to pull out some of the questions that they were asked. 
and you're supposed to do agree, strongly disagree, neither disagree or agree. This is the kind of level of the report. As a black person, I believe my rights are equally protected compared to white people. Guys, do you agree, strongly disagree, neither disagree or agree? This is what they want you to answer. strongly disagree, mate. That's what I'm saying. A uh, hundred examples. <laughs> exactly. As a black person, I believe my health is as equally protected by the NHS as compared to a white person. <laughs> Do you agree, disagree, strongly disagree, neither disagree or agree? And as a black person, I believe that my, no, as a black person, I would be treated the same as a white person by the police. Such pedestrian, childish, shitty questions that you base on a report, you put in a report, a whole report. Those questions, in summary, which I found quite interesting, was that they found that black women had a higher percentage to disagree than black men. And I was like, that's quite an interesting, that all of those questions, always black women had a higher disagreement rate than black men. It's similar to the election results. So it was yeah. like black women were generally in the 91% and black men were in the high... 70s to 80 percent ratios that they disagreed so again i guess that's probably got to do with um male privilege so maybe they're not seeing it in the same ways yeah. but when it comes to police we generally talk about it like black men are done worse than black women but actually black women they still saw the racism effects more than black men i think as well a lot of black men weren't answering <laughs> I'm not answering no polls. Not can't get, can't get me, man. Man's not answering no polls, isn't it? Like, why? Nah, later. From yeah. they like that, they got you. Nah, not doing it. It is all very interesting, though. Let's see what happens. They don't care what we think. I think it's a nonsense that they even answer these questions. Like, you don't care if I think that I'm treated worse than a white person. You don't care because your actions ref don't reflect that you care. So why are they even asking in the first place? I this wonder is, if this is just like some long-term play or something like that. Maybe in like 20 years, this will be used as evidence or something. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. 50 years even. But right now, this don't mean a goddamn thing. Can I say what I think the play is? All right. So it, in one of the sections, it starts off with, uh, it could actually be in the summary, that 25% of black voting, age of voting, don't vote yeah. compared to 17 now it's 17% of white voters. So if you worked out, okay, if we could move the dial 1% satisfactory rates, we may be able to get another 5% of black people voting. Mm -hmm. that, that's how you change things. That's all they're playing. Mm -hmm. Like really, or see how dissatisfied we are. Something that you can work on to create some type of change. We all say, oh my God, society's changing. I'm going to vote now. And then they've moved it a little bit to whoever they want power from because they know. We'll see how in the next election, they're going to do exactly the same thing that they've done in America. They're going to give black people something. We're going to get a bone of some kind. Hopefully black folks won't fall for it. Um, before we go to the comments, I just want to go back to what Auntie Shadow said about the people paid in the room. Like the coin, the special coin that I still haven't seen actually. I don't know if any of you, have any of you guys seen that special coin? The black no. I don't think it really exists. Yeah. No, no <laughs> it's a magical unicorn. The people that got paid in the room, I'd love for them to get exposed. Like, how much do you get paid to sit in that room to say strongly disagree, agree, degree? I can't even say the words, either disagree, whatever. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Okay, so comments. Um, Akoya says, the media has to do it. This is the job of institutional racism to create institutions to be racist. 
very true. She goes on to say, we need to ignore media or only talk about what they are doing, i.e. the journalist, the editor, their record so far. If we talk more about the racist rather than the effect on us, we may start to get uh, solutions. And also says, okay, it also says, I love that Nana, no tax for blacks. Could you imagine? Seriously, <laughs> I can't lie, my that would be amazing. Amazing. Um, Okoye's last point is, the point is, they want us to see how disconnected we are. Racism is about us being discontented. The higher our discontentment, the more successful they are being. Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for aunties to fix your life with Aunties Know Best. Auntie AK, I met a guy just before the first lockdown. And as a result, where usually I would have probably slept with him a lot sooner, we didn't end up sleeping together until after lockdown. Now, the great thing is that because of lockdown, we got to know each other in a way that I've not really had the chance to do before. And he's really great. But the not so great thing is, though he's not bad in bed, he's not amazing either. I have a high sex drive and I want to try new things. But also, I want a man who understands the woman's body. And this guy doesn't. He's a bit routine and I'm starting to lose interest. Everything else about him is amazing. I've tried showing him what I like, which he picks up on. But then next time, it's like he's forgotten. My friends keep saying a good man is hard to find, so I should hold on to him if the sex isn't that bad. But I can't help thinking, why do women always have to settle? And maybe my sexual soulmate is out there. Should I dump him or not? Auntie Nana's got some eyebrow movement. Um, I'm just thinking, because she's already had the conversation, like in the suggestions, I would say to give it one more combo and really state, if this doesn't improve, I, I could leave like actually like really put it on the line because if he does follow and then it gets better but then he forgets again maybe he's just thinking oh it was only for that one time he's not seeing that it's that important to you so maybe you need to stay so i would state that this is really fundamental like if this doesn't improve i'm gonna walk and then see if it lasts longer but i do think generally having everything else having all of the other boxes ticked and you're still feeling sexually unsatisfied the other stuff will then start to fall by the wayside and you're not going to like that either in the long run. So it's either an immediate ending or you're just going to prolong it. But probability is it's going to end. Sorry to be pessimistic. To be honest, uh, yeah, I probably would have stepped out a lot sooner, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) No. It depends what he wants, doesn't it? It depends what he wants. If he wants like a fully committed relationship, then it's a no. If he's like happy for it to be open, then cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's just my opinion, my humble opinion. I don't want to fuck my best friend and have it be dead. Do you know what I mean? It's cool, the sex is okay, but he's my best friend. No! Sex is an important part of it because the thing is, naturally when you're in a relationship there's highs and lows aren't there like there's peaks and troughs so if you're starting off at a trough where are you going (laughs) what's happening like if it's just okay right now what's it gonna be like when you're going through a dead period and you don't find him funny anymore or you know when he turns the key and comes in the house you just hate the sound of him or you hate the smell of him or those sort of things because everything now irritates you and you can't even have good sex because good sex doesn't exist. I think you should tell him this is on the line. I like you. I think you're cool. This has got potential, but I'm not going to lie. 
I have a very high sex drive and you're not hitting right. You're not. Because there's nothing worse than when you're having sex with somebody and your head is somewhere else. Either thinking about somewhere, someone else or you're watching the TV and you're just there trying to make it finish and pretending that you're involved when really you're like, the sooner this prayer comes and gets off of me, the better. Or you tell him, get off of me. Either one of those scenarios is not good. So she just needs to lay it on the line, let him know how real it is. You can't be in a relationship where you you don't mesh like that sexually because that is a big part of it. You're not. She's not preaching celibacy. I'm with you. He's got to go if he can't make it work. There yeah. could be somebody out there for him who likes his dead penis. Yeah, to be honest. I think it's that thing of women, and again, as she said, that are put under pressure to... The man ticks like eight boxes out of 10 or 12, and then you've got to just stick with it and have at it because it's so hard to get a man and all that type of stuff. But And women aren't you know, allowed to enjoy or be uh, take ownership of their sexual needs. It's always like the man has got to make sure he busts a nut, but women, boy, we just got to take it. And, you know, they say it's difficult for women to reach orgasmic pleasure through penetration. So men, but men are so lazy and trying and experimenting different things. Um, and women are just meant to put up and shut up as long as you get some of it. I don't think it's difficult for a woman to reach orgasmic pleasure from a from the D. I think the person you're with just needs to, both of you need to mesh. That's what it is. Statistically, they do say that um, orgasm is- Probably some man that wrote that, that can't give a woman pleasure. Like the man that was on the internet the other day talking about he's never had a woman that's had an orgasm. It's you, bruv. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, I just think there's there's something to be said about wasting your sexually active yes. years. Do you know what I mean? I just don't think it's a good idea. Like, don't waste them. You should be enjoying sex while you can because it doesn't necessarily last forever. You're not sexually compatible and it's just, that's okay. Don't get too stressed about that. Yeah. Not everybody's for everybody. You know, yeah. you can have sex with someone and it can be rubbish. And that same person can have sex with somebody else and it could be like fireworks and the seas yeah. crumbled and the mountains roared. Do you know what I mean? It could be like that yeah. for them, but it's just not for yeah. you. Yeah. So thank you, aunties. I think we she's got some good advice there. Chick, sort yourself out. Tell him <laughs> your mind otherwise. Who else has got a dilemma or a problem? So I saw this on the internet, <laughs> on social media, and it's about this girl who says that she was in a situationship. You might have seen it. She was in a situationship and she said that she ended up going to this guy's house. She couldn't get hold of him. So she went to his guy's house. He wasn't picking up or nothing. And she was like, I'm going to go and see him. I'm going to go and see him. So she drove all the way from university, went to this guy's house. And when she got to his house, he was in bed with another woman. But because it was so late, she had to stay over because she couldn't get home. What would you ladies do in a situation like that? And what is your advice for this young lady who went through this? Wait, hold on. Wait, sorry. My bad. Sorry, wait. <laughs> she, she took herself all the way down there. How? Driving? On a train. Got on a train. And um, so she got there after. So she must have got there at the skin of last yeah. train. Did she take it overnight, bag? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say. And um, so she got there he, with another woman, obviously. I mean, that, we knew that was going to happen. And now you're stuck. So where did she, because is this university she went down to, or his, his house? What, where he did came she go? from university. So he had to, she had to stay in, what, in the front room and they were in the bedroom. Yeah. What was the situation? Okay. To be honest, I don't think there's much you can do in that moment. Safety over doing the most. You'd already done the most going down there. <laughs> um, let's just be safe. Let's just like, you might as well get, let the whole night be a story. And I stayed the night. So just do that. Get home safely. Leave first thing in the morning, first train, get up and get out. I mean, you should have had your just-in-case money to get away. You should have had backup. You should have had your homie 
you probably should have got a homie to like back you, make sure like, okay, if this doesn't work, come get me or be there, something like that. She didn't have those precautions because she probably knee-jerked, reacted and went down there on emotions. And this is the fallout. Yeah, he, I mean, you know, all, all decency. If he was just being a fuck boy and wasn't being clear to her, decency, let her sleep on the couch, innit? She's come a long way. You fucked her over. You know, that's the least you could do. But in all proud woman, independent woman, you shouldn't have taken yourself down there in the first place. If he's not showing you signs, leave it be, innit? Don't take yourself. Don't ever fast yourself up there, especially if it's just on a what a link or an early boyfriend. What is it? What's the situation? Situation. A situationship. Well, a situ and I hate. I hate these words. The only word that came out of the gods was entanglement. But situationship. <laughs> it's um. It's the bit. What's the other one that they say? I'm in a situationship and it's um complicated. I freaking hate yeah. those terms because it's not. It's just not what it is. Don't pretend. Entanglement is perfect because you're entangled in some bullshit. That's fine. But complicated, it's all situationship. It's all pretending what you're in is real. It's not. So chick, love, sweetheart, let's not do that. I'm impulsive. I can react. But my impulsiveness is a dramatic voice note or a dramatic text, not a dramatic taking my body down to somewhere where I don't know what the outcome could be. Then I'm stranded. Oh, come on, girl. Come on. Auntie Shade, she did have a cat. She did have a bag. Of course she had an overnight bag. She thought it was going to me. She thought it was going to be but I just think, I, you know what, to be honest, it must be very hurtful and sad. Do you know what I mean? So, like, sorry about that. But um, I don't think you should have gone in the first place. There is a, such a toxic element to that as well, because you staying there, that's toxic. Take yourself out of the situation. Have a bit more pride. You know, humble yourself. Get a cheap motel and go, like, you don't have to go home. You can go somewhere. Or even if he could drop some pounds, but you're gonna be that. Come on, man. Seriously, you don't think his ego is gonna be inflamed by this, by you staying there? That's mad. Unless you wanted something else to happen in that scenario, I just don't. I don't know what kind of martyrdom. No, not just no. I'm not. I'm just not on that at all. Like no, just no. Like to be honest, yeah. People can't come to my house unannounced, even if you're my friend family, whatever, you can't come to my house. I will listen to you knocking the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? You will call me, I have to have prior notice. Do you know what I mean? Like, And I just think it's a bit disrespectful just to turn up to someone's house. That's not cool. And then you found something that you didn't want to see. I had a friend there long, long, long time ago. And that's just like, just toxic mind. Basically, say she was going out with someone. She went out with this guy. They were in a very deep relationship. They broke up. He starts seeing her friend. They all go to America. This friend now was taken to America by the guy, my friend. She bought her own ticket. Just so happens they're staying in the same house. The girls are staying in the same house. The guy comes around in the car. <laughs> my friend's sitting in the back. You mad? Are you fucking mad? I'm, not, I'm taking my own car. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm getting a cab. Or I'm not going. There's no way in hell, yeah, that I'm going to be some third wheel do you know what I mean? Sitting in the back, sleeping in the front room, nonsense. Never, never. I've, I've honestly, I'm, I'm not actually like shouting, but I've, I've got way too much pride for that. I've got way too much pride. I think sometimes pride is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, pride is a good thing. Wow. I mean, that could have ended up being so, so different. Like, literally, could have gone pear shaped. Girl could have fought you. Like, the man could have fought you. Like, it just could have gone really. Pear shaped and to have nobody there 
But then to stay in the living room, like just the stories that both of them are going to have. Like, yeah. no, I don't you know why that. I said she should stay? Because like you, you did the most. Finish your story. Have a real Christmas story to tell because you did the most. And they ended with me staying there because I'm a cheat. Like, that's my point. But in general, no, don't stay. Yeah, but you know, like the self-esteem, like literally, like I'd have to be at rock bottom to allow this to play out. And I didn't just knock on the door, see there was a girl there, cuss both of you and leave. Like I'm li to, to actually come in and sit down to be told, you know, there's no trains or whatever. Like, how did that even go? Did you ask, can I stay? Oh, mate. Okay, guys, is there any way in staying, because you're all saying she shouldn't have stayed, but what could have happened in that scenario when she, what could make this situation, okay, she stayed? Nothing can make the situation okay, she stayed. There's a few things here that I take disagreement with why the hell would you find your ass all the way down from wherever it was that you came from yeah to some man's house who's not been answering your phone calls what do you think you're going to achieve my pride is too much for that i'm not running not a man down not one not a man listen to me not a man down not running one down yeah if you don't answer me call in it Luck off time. You can't phone me. If you, even if you try to phone me, you can't get me because your number's blocked. Simple. I'm not running you down. So she's too fast to begin with that she went there. When she got there and she saw the next chick, you're too fast to sit down and stay there because you could have gone and sat in the train station and waited oh. for the trains to start again. If the barriers were across, the railings were across and you couldn't get into the train station, every park has a bench. You could have <laughs> gone somewhere, yeah? Now, I know a story where a very good friend of mine, <laughs> he actually went back to this girl's house, like he was seeing one girl, and then a girl that he used to see, they all went out with each other, and then the girl couldn't get home, and she decided she's gonna come and stay with him and the new girl, right? So she's in the front room, and he's having a whale of a time, in the bedroom with the new girl he said to me the first girl couldn't take it she came into the room mid-session got a lamp and started beating him in his back <laughs> now it could that could have easily happened in this situation and the moral to the story is if you're seeing somebody and they start seeing someone else do not put yourself in a situation where you're going to be hearing how they're getting down that is some tr you need some self-esteem lessons love i don't even want to see my ex-man too soon with an ex-chick let alone be hearing what he's doing nah it's okay she's too fast next time know yourself in it that's what i'm saying it's the guy's ego as well because yeah. even in that scenario it's mad and sensitive do you know what i mean because you don't have to do it that night my friend said it was motivation he said he put in the best work of his life when she came in and was hitting him on the lamp he didn't stop. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I, I just don't understand. Like, sometimes I just don't think you can give them the satisfaction of that. I just can't. I cannot imagine myself. There's no scenario. The scenario would have to be, like, there's, like, a 10-foot spider outside and I physically can't leave it. Like, it would have to be my worst fear, do you know what I mean, for me not to leave that house. It would have to be completely extreme for me not to leave it. Like, I'll go anywhere. I'll walk. I'll walk back to uni. How about that? <laughs> you know, I'm not staying. That's my, I'm a dickhead already for going in the first place without. without Do you know what I mean? I, I must be a bigger dickhead than sleep there. Nah. I'm taking myself my two feet and I'm bopping. 
Like, and my overnight bag. I'm taking and my overnight bag. Why would you have an overnight bag? That's so shame. It's just hopeful. <laughs> the thing, and the guy was like, hi. <laughs> like some guy that you're seeing just knocks on your door like i'm with you auntie shada you better ring me before you come you can't just come to my yard i'm not into that i don't play that i need to know that you're coming in it i don't like that i'll let you in but after a while i just couldn't imagine some guy turning up at my house with his overnight bag talking about i've not heard from you i've come to stay one guy came to my house, New Year's Eve, imagine, New Year's Eve, but I'd moved on, yeah, I was with someone else, and he literally went somewhere and was coming back. <laughs> so we spent, but anyway, anyway, so he's not in this, this window. I'm just like, what the fuck? Talking about he loves me. Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing here? There's no, there's no, there's no space for you. You miss your chance. Go, go away. He wanted to start the year with you. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. can't do that without involving me in your plans. Exactly. <laughs> you can't plans for Show me. up, you know. Like, I like surprise. I don't even like surprises like that. I like surprises I know about. <laughs> <laughs> that was Auntie's No Best. If you have a dilemma, please send them to dilemmas.yourauntiescouldnever at gmail.com. Moving on to, well, guys, we've decided to retire Black in the day because we run out of black in the day because we're not that old. So we can't remember when the internet was invented. Actually, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we remember that. <laughs> to be fair. But anyway, anyway. So my thing is like getting to know the auntie. So this is for you guys. So ask them anything you want. I know it's early, so you might be shy. So I have a pre-prepared question. But through this section, and we just want you guys to ask us any questions and we'll answer them if we so desire. Um, but my question to you guys is um, what pisses you off? And it could be as many things or as little things, but what really pisses you off in the world and people in just, what gets you mad? I, I, I struggled with this one, you know, I don't know why, because I'm sure there's loads, but I couldn't think of anything other than, you know, when you've got something special in the fridge and then somebody <laughs> eats it, that is guaranteed without fail, cry and fight without fail. It doesn't matter who has taken it. There's nobody that I would allow. My child, husband, mum, siblings, best friend. There's nobody that it won't really piss me off. And it's the only thing I could think of because there's always caveats. Something else, it'd be like, oh, that would piss me off. But if this person did it, I'd, I'd allow them. Not something that I really want to eat and you've eaten it. I, I could kill somebody over that. Yeah, do you know what? That's a good one. Because can I tell you what pisses me off? And it's a minor, but it pisses me off. You know, like when you're eat, you fed your kid, right? <laughs> and then you're eating. And then your kid wants to eat some of your food. That pisses me off. You've got your own food. Why do I need to share with you? You've got your own food. Let me eat. And I don't like sharing food at the best of times. But like, let me eat, innit? I don't like it. Like, you order. I order. That's cool, innit? Like, no. <laughs> but, yeah. I get it. Yeah. does something at my mum's house and I'm hailing him out. This pisses me off. I got to my mum's house. She keeps her sweets in the fridge. So they're all nice and cold, like the Haribo. She thinks she's in Grenada still. So I'll go to the fridge and I'll open the packet and there's like one sweet in the packet. Who are you leaving that for? <laughs> Who are you leaving that for? Kareem Brown hailing you out. Who are you leaving that for? <laughs> you can probably imagine lots of things piss me off. <laughs> 
but people in general do I, I can't lie they do on a kind of a daily basis to be honest but i manage that you know if i don't i'll probably have a heart attack or something but i do manage that quite well i can't say things like dishonesty that's that like guaranteed and like i don't i don't even mean like a literal lie i just hate dishonesty don't hide things from me just be real just be clear dishonesty will get you cut out of my life you know what i really don't like <laughs> when people don't reply all on an email i just don't understand why people do this like it does just, reply or do reply when they don't reply all so you're having a joint conversation with multiple people the thread is continuing but you decide not to reply all why <laughs> and you know what's worse when you put everyone back in and they do it again are you stupid, <laughs> are you stupid? that pisses me off but equally about that is when people reply all when you've said reply to me separately <laughs> i've sent an email out and it's like i need your responses separately yeah. and you're applying to all and it's going on and on and it's yeah. like <laughs> that's that's a sure way that i will I'll, i i can throw my laptop sometimes seriously like oh wow annoying. i yeah. equally don't like no. when people don't read my emails you know like oh. someone will ask you a question and you'll send them an email and it'll be like an essay it's got all the Ooh. answers that they could want in the world for everything yeah what is the key to life is in this email right? <laughs> and then two minutes later not even two minutes like say like the next date they come back and they ask the same question and you're like the email that i sent to you yesterday is in there and then a week later they come back to you and ask you the same question my favorite thing to do is copy and paste the email like i will attach the email to the email and say please refer to the email that pisses me off i'm with you a lot of things piss me off you know what? I was trying. To, I forgot that I was supposed to answer this too because I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about what this me off. But definitely dishonest. I just don't like. I don't like not not being straight with me because I can't cope with that. I can't cope with ambiguity. Ambiguity. So I need to know direct stuff. I don't like that. And I just don't like people. Like, you just could have said it. I just don't like bad behavior. I think I just don't like bad insensitive behavior. But the food thing, I didn't realize it was a thing until it was a thing. I realize that I don't I don't necessarily mind sharing sometimes, but if I've offered, because I think this is the thing, if I've offered to buy something for you or buy food for you or something, or I've got my portion, you've got I've, I even I'm actually buying you a portion even, then that's fine, isn't it? Then don't come back at me and say I don't like sharing, because you've got yours. So don't come and tell me that I'm some type of way if you've got your food that I bought for you. Leave me alone. That kind of pisses me off. But I don't mind, I'm not like Auntie Fora and Auntie Shadow. I don't like sharing at all. No. No. But I don't mind it, but sometimes I do mind it. So it doesn't piss me off. I don't know, actually, maybe I don't get pissed off that much. I'm not sure. I'm, like, I'm with you, Auntie Nana. I'm a little bit difficult to find out what pisses me off, like really pisses me off. World hunger. I don't mind if you all go out and be like, we're going to get a sharing plate. That's different to, yeah. I've got my food and you want to try it. <laughs> like, leave me alone. It depends it's on the ordering. If you've got a complimentary dish that I also like, then we can do an exchange. Yeah, that's, that's, like that's, that's when you said it from the beginning. Yeah. I'm going to get this, you're going to get that, we'll try each other's. Yeah. Not, I'm getting my food, you're getting your food, and then you want to eat my food. <laughs> nah, bruv, eat no. your food, innit? I think, I don't know if it's like, if you come from a big family, that's that's a thing. Because I think, I think we all come from big families, but that's a must. It's just like, don't take my food, man. I don't like that. I don't, I, don't like, I don't like it when, you know when you have a disagreement with someone, yeah? And like they're in the wrong, and they don't apologize. Oh, oh yes. Honestly, I will That's never, I will never forgive you if you don't apologize. Yeah, and you're yeah. in the wrong, I will never forgive you. That is it's just as simple as that. Yeah. I can't hide it either. <laughs> that's, a, 
that's it. That is it. I think I've yeah, I think I've stopped speaking yeah. to one or two people on the basis of that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's thank you for that. I wouldn't cut them off, but it's like a big black mark. Yeah. Like, like it depends on the person. The, I mean. the, the level of conversation is always very it's always gonna be surface. It's always just yeah. gonna be yeah. Like, yeah. When, you could invite me everywhere every week, I will never be there. But, <laughs> so it's always going to be like we will never yeah you know that thing about yeah. like, such a big thing for me like not everybody can have access to my person yeah 100%. i can say hello to everybody but really spending time nah yeah. I, it, it will always be in my mind even if i wanted to go it'll be like nah they don't they don't apologize it's like a black mark yeah it's true yeah. i'll be pleasant to your face so hello is nice yeah, accountability. I think that's what it is. Accountability. If you yeah. don't like, and I, yeah, because I'm just, there's, there's a glaring image in my mind of someone who's just, accountability is not there. And so it makes it very difficult. And they will say hello and try and talk to me. And I'm be like, you're all right. And then it is. <laughs> I don't know who you mean. Okay, <laughs> let's get to the comments. <laughs> um, okay, Sonia says, it's like when they eat food, the food, but <laughs> the empty container back in the fridge. Why? There's a lot of things to do that. It's too much. So, too much. Why do it? I just don't understand. <laughs> I've always done it. Like, if you tell like, what, what are you doing? What? It's just like the one sweet thing, but at least there's one sweet. So, someone can eat one sweet. However, <laughs> the thing is empty. It's yeah. empty. Yeah, I don't like that. Who even wants sweet for? No, yeah. I can't. I'm saying it for later. Bullshit. It's not that you can say that you never finished it. Well, I didn't finish the sweets. <laughs> there was still sweets in the fridge when I was in there. What, one? One dead <laughs> Coca bottle, whatever it is, those cola bottles, that's what you're leaving. is, <laughs> at least, compared to nothing. Um, also, sorry, Antoinette says, what pisses me off the work edition? It pisses me the heck off when you're at work, minding your own business, about to eat your lunch, and someone says, what have you got there? What's that? <laughs> And they, they peer into your Tupperware. Fuck off. <laughs> we don't we don't share the same belly. <laughs> Mind your business, in it. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> me, especially when they come and learn, lean um lean in to look. Ah, <laughs> should I take it to HR, Auntie Shana? Yes, yeah, yeah. you're an Auntie. <laughs> yeah, man. Great. Yeah. Yes, you should. You know, it's more annoying when they're so well, spicy. Yeah, yes. they're so eager to know more when they're so excited. Oh, what's that then? Pisses me off. So annoying. Do you know what? Yeah, one time it's a bit more of a hair thing that just to see, yeah, I have a team in it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, and like I'm talking to someone in my team. Do you know what I mean? Someone from across the way. Yeah, I'm talking rows of banks of desk down. You changed hair. <laughs> I'm talking to someone. Yeah, why is this your business? Why is this your business? I just had to, you know, I'm inside in it. So I had to do the invoice. Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> and I'm just turned to my conversation. But it was the, oh, the rain. Yeah. See, the rain. That, that's another thing that pisses me off. There's a difference between saying your hair looks nice and, oh, you're always changing your hair and it always yeah. didn't recognize you. Oh, every day you look like someone new. My favorite thing to do when they say that, I turn to my member, the team, my teammate, and I say, do you say that to her? <laughs> one minute her hair's up, one minute her hair's down. One minute it's flicked, one minute it's curled. I, I don't ever notice you say anything to her. She changes her hair. Don't interrupt my conversation. What don't it across the way either. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, why is your thought more important than my conversation? Hey, I'm Auntie Shade. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. It's almost time to wrap up. Before we do, aunties, what's made you sad, mad, or glad? Everybody ready? (laughs) 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 Basically, you guys, this is what's making me sad and mad. So I don't have a sad this week. I haven't been sad. I don't feel sad. So that's fine, which is great. My mad are leaves on the ground. I don't like this type of autumn. I hate leaves on the ground. No, no, no. If they're crunchy and scattered and I can step on one and crunch, crunch and skip happily down a nice cool autumn day, fine. Mulch when there's layers upon layers of leaves and you don't know if you're slipping and sliding them. Because I have it. Okay, I have a phobia about wet mud. It makes me cringe. So... And leaves are similar. And I just think there's layers of shit and funk underneath them. So I just don't like, and my road is quite dark. And coming sometimes coming home, I, I walk in the road. I literally walk in the road because I just don't want to walk over banks of wet, mushy leaves. It makes me, my whole leg feel like it's about to fall off. And it's making me mad because they're not sweeping up the leaves. And every time I have to walk home, I have to walk in the road. And it's annoying. And I know people are like, why, what's wrong with this woman? But I don't care. I hate the leaves. They're making me mad. Can somebody freaking sweep them up? And my glad is too glad. Glad that British Black is turned eight on the weekend and oh eight years old and glad. And glad I've been keep keep doing it. So I'm glad. Many more years. And it was also my birthday, and I'm glad about that. But more. Yay. Yay. I'm 24 now. Um, <laughs> I'm very sad that I'm still friends with Auntie Farah for all these years. That's what I'm sad about. Um, <laughs> you shouldn't say such things. Okay, I'm really sad that we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad is that, um, yes, we've been blessed with some TV shows, Sister Sister and mm-hmm. Girlfriends, and coming this weekend will be Moisha, Motada, Eatada. I can't wait, and I'm having great oh, fun um, watching and reminiscing about old school 90s life, these shows. So I'm quite glad and spending my every waking hour watching them. So maybe I'm a bit sad because I'm not sleeping as I should be, because I'm watching these shows. Thank you very much. That's my sad, mad, glad. I don't have a sad, but I have a mad, and it literally is about girlfriends. Oh, her name's just gone out of my Tony, head. Tony. Why is she so maddening? Like, I knew every it. time she speaks, I'm like, why is this girl in this? She is so jarring that it's, it's putting me off watching it. I loved girlfriends, but I don't remember her. So maybe I used Tony. to be I'm trying to block her out again, but oh my god, she's so jarring. Like, yeah, she just makes me mad. She pisses me off. I watched the colorism episode and I was just like, this is such bullshit. I felt sorry for her as an actress because it was all bullshit, but that made me sick. But I'm overly glad. I was cleaning up my workshop space and there was a big juicy spider. I screamed, but I disposed of it myself and I didn't ask for any help. I just dealt with it and carried on cleaning. So I'm so proud of myself. Well, so that's a big one. I'm a bit mad that you use the word juicy to describe a spider though. Cause it was big. And when I disposed of it, it went. Oh God. Lord okay. forgive my soul though for disposing of another soul. I'm sorry, but it's either me or him. I'm mad at your noise. So I'm sad that I had a nightmare last night and I woke up screaming, which is really strange. Hasn't happened for a very long time, and it was because Auntie AK suggested that I watch Lovecraft Country, which I did watch. <laughs> now, 
and now I'm I'm having nightmares. Actually, we talked about it the other day, and yeah, and I'm actually having nightmares about the. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but there's a part where these demons oh, are just freaking scary. Man. What episode are you on? And I finish it now. Okay, okay. I'm really happy for the little girl. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I haven't watched it yet because I don't want to watch it at night. Okay. Yeah. Don't watch it at night. Scary. I'll watch it in the daytime. You don't watch horrors and things like that. They're scary. And I don't watch those things. I'm mad that I got like, do you know those like air dryer things that you put your clothes on? Yeah. Yeah. I got one of those and it broke. Mad. That, yeah. It's just like falling. <laughs> so that broke man. Yeah. And then I'm glad that Beyonce's second drop is coming. No, I d I'm not glad about that because no, I'm, glad. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Sad, I'm scared. 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 <laughs> scared. I'm scared. I can't wait. I can't wait. Tomorrow is it tomorrow for us? Tomorrow. Right? Yeah. I'm I'm early starts at nine. You can put okay, your stuff cool. in at eleven. I need to get. Yeah. I need to get those leggings and those trainers, and then I'm complete. I want the black trainers. I want the black trainers. I want the black top with the mesh. I want the black jumper dress. It's too much. It's all too much. It's all too much. I'm glad that my fellow Grenadian, Lewis Hamilton, broke every single record in the world. Yeah. And won his seventh world title. Props to Lewis. I am mad that they haven't changed the ratio of girlfriends on Netflix. Please change it so it fills my screen and so that it's not <laughs> a little box of edges. I'm, it's, yeah. it's, it's really making me feel some type of way. Is that how it comes up? That's how it I, comes up. And when you do it big screen on your phone, it goes, it bleeds over the edge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Please yes. yes. change the ratio. Oh. And it's, thank you very much for putting it on. And I appreciate it and everything like that. And it makes me glad, but it, you know, it makes me slightly mad that you haven't changed the ratio. Please change the ratio. Yeah, that's it. Because that was sort of sad and glad and mad all rolled in one. Well, have we got any comments? Some people have said some stuff. Candy says, I don't mind if they're curious. I think this is talking about the food at work issue. It's when they say stuff, but Jamaican people don't eat pork. They didn't, they didn't when I was on holiday. Going <laughs> <laughs> for all Jamaican people. That's Rastafarians, huh? Candy's also saying, oh my God, that's, that's my phobia of leaves. I walk a different route and be late. <laughs> Serious, is it deep? Andrews, that deep? Yes. yes. Wow. <laughs> and then Antoinette says, yes, Auntie Nana, um, Tony is enough. Joan's friends are trash. She needs yes, to so. throw them all in the bin and get new ones. And then Akoya also says, thank you, Auntie Shelley. I'm a real <laughs> scaredy cat. So I'll now I'm not watch yet. Don't watch it, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's really good. It's not that scary. No, it's, it's, I don't know what you think is scary though. That's gory. <laughs> it's gory, not scary. In, yeah, it's gory. No, it's psychological. Yeah, there's that. No. That, that, that particular episode. That's yeah, the thing. And then it also is the basement. Yeah. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. That's scary. Yeah, yeah that's scary. Have you yeah. watched his house? Watch his house. No. No, I've not watched that yet. Again, no, I want to watch it in the no. daytime. I'm not watching any more scary stuff. But I, you know, can I just say, yeah, like I haven't watched Girlfriends ever, so I don't know whether I should watch it. I sure. think it's watch it for the culture. It's not bad, and I think Tony, I, and I'm trying to remember because there was controversy with um the 
actually, I, I always remember there was some vague controversy. I don't know if it's because her character was so hated by people and, they were, and there was a little bit of shadism and stuff going on with her character. But I can't remember. I haven't bothered to do a Google search of what was the stuff around um, the actress and the character. I was a bit, because I think I vaguely remember, this isn't, I mean, if you watched it, you watched it. I vaguely remember being annoyed that because she is a darker skin character, I think she ends up with a white man. I'm not sure. And I can't remember if that's me in reimagining. So I don't know. If I'm no, she did it. end up with a white man. Yeah, and that oh, kind of yeah. annoyed me because it's just like the whole because that color is an episode that she discussed about not wanting to have dark skinned kids, and then, then then they resolved it in the end that she did end up with a white man. So that pissed me off. But it's, I'm enjoying the series though. I think it's it's, it's not a bad watch. Yeah. Is it Maya who was with a black man, she's a black woman with a black man, black babies? So I suppose right. they balanced it out. Is it Maya the other one? Yeah, Maya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, married as well. So. Yeah, no, it's just because she was a darker one and she had that conversation about being dark and stuff. And then it was just like, that's what they tend to do, especially in those shows back in the day. They resolve the dark skinned woman. The darker, darker skinned woman would be like, her partner would not be a black man, it'd be a white man or nothing. So it just kind of annoyed me. It's, yeah, and it's the stereotypes that um, is so glaring, I guess, now and looking back on it, you see it a lot, especially with a dark skinned character who they would consider to be good looking mm. seems to always be a gold digger. It's yes. always like, looking to marry somebody. <laughs> Even in um, Dear White People, they had the same thing yes. with the dark characters in that. It's like, or even coming to America, like the mm. younger sister. It's like that, that woman, yeah, Patrice, that woman seems to always be in there. Like the dark skin mm. one yeah. is like hungry for somebody to look after them. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's just weird that you're just throwing that woman like constantly. Like you can't. You, there isn't going to be a dark skin lead, but even the side part, she can't even be the funny one. If she's going to be funny, then she's fat. If she's slim, she's a gold digger. It's like there's always these stereotypes, and that was just annoying me because I didn't remember that. I definitely held it in higher esteem in my head than yeah. watching. I was like, oh gosh, it was the same shit. That's yeah, what I thought mm. it was better. It may get better, but I, I thought it was better. I'm on season three now, and it, it does. Is she still that person? And that's I think that's what pissed me off. It's like, why did it have to be her? Because she's so noticeably yeah. the one that's the darker, darker one, and it's just always that trope, and it just pissed me off. But I'm enjoying watching around it, and I had I think it, there's a little bit of it being revolving a lot around women, black women wanting man, a man like to complete them. That's yeah. a little bit like, oh my god, can we talk about anything else? But I'm still, but then in that, there are some conversations that is missing for us as black women on screen right now. So some of the conversations they are having, I think that I like the way they're exploring friendships and relationships. And there is some of that stuff that we, I don't see for black women on screen. So I like, they do explore some things. It's just some of the lazy tropes annoying. Watch it. Okay. I, I will try. I'm watching Black Monday at the moment. That's my name. Oh, I've watched some of those. I haven't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm going to continue actually as well. So but it's, it's okay. Same. I will try that. So this week, Keir Starmer and a few people from the Labour Party started petitioning the Conservatives that they should put forward a law or something to stop counter vaccination stories being able to be published and, um, and, and be out there. And literally, I was like, you know, I have my things with politics, but it really struck me like how can the Labour Party be considered liberal when you're now going against freedom of speech? Like there's no, I can't see any way around this. How can you be for the people, 
but then you're trying to restrict the access to information and that we should only have kind of government approved information come through to us. That to me seems really dangerous. And I'm really keeping an eye on the Labour Party. Those are my thoughts is like literally black folks. I know we have this allegiance with the Labour Party, but I really think that we should treat them how we treat the Conservatives with extreme caution and not just on racial lines, but as a human being, like our human rights could be violated by the Labour Party. And on that note, that was Your Aunties Could Never, episode 37. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. And we've got some new news, guys. From next week, we're trying a new time of 5pm. That's 5pm because we just want to see if this works a bit better for us and our schedule. Please join us. So next week it will be 5pm, usual place, Facebook, YouTube, watch us live, or you can come back and listen to us on the podcast. Um, that drops every Saturday. And that, I think, is it. That. Bye, Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.